You're listening to The Mom Inspired Show, episode 189 with Ann Kaplan. Welcome to The Mom Inspired Show. I'm your host, Amber Sandberg, and this show is created to inspire, encourage, and add a little extra fun to your day. Hey, you guys, I'm super excited to have Ann Kaplan back on the show today. If you missed her first episode with me, it's episode 149, and it's called Are You Exhausted? Trying to Do It All on Your Own. And I just thought that is so fitting, um, especially for now. So make sure to check that out after this episode. But why I had her on originally was to talk about um, running our homes more smoothly and coming up with better home management systems that worked for us. And it not just be Pinterest pretty, but actual practical steps that we could take. And so I wanted to have her back on the show because you guys liked that episode so much. I wanted to pick her brain to see like, what has she been up to during COVID? How has it been for her to have her kids home? Also, she is a coach. So I wanted to see what she was helping her clients, you know, kind of work through and the issues that they were dealing with. So I hope you guys get inspired by this episode and that you just feel not alone. I hope you guys have enjoyed the series. This is the last episode of the series. There were eight episodes. So if you missed any of them, make sure to go check them out. The guests were so amazing. And I was so thankful that they all came on during a really interesting time, you know, that this has not been normal per se. Um, So I was so grateful that they all could come on and share with you guys. So make sure to check that out. I'm going to put all the links in the show notes. If you did miss the episode, then that way you can easily go check it out. Welcome back to my favorite things segment. Um, Today, I'm going to be talking to you about a topic that I've talked about before on the show. And I'm quite passionate about it because if you have not heard my journey, I lost 50 pounds last year in 10 months and I did a series on it. And I'm just really passionate about it and really kind of helping moms get to like whatever goal they want, whatever that might be. Um, But I do want to say that I don't want to talk about this program or weight loss all the time because I don't want people to feel like they have to lose weight in order to be their best selves because they don't. Um, I just know that there's moms out there that are struggling because I've talked to those moms and I felt that way. So I like to make sure that I talk about this from time to time um, because I know that it can be like frustrating if you just feel like you're stuck and you're running up against a wall. So I like to be able to offer some solutions on what you can do that maybe could help you. And I know coming out of quarantine, um, we might be feeling, you know, a little bit heavier. Maybe we have more snacks than we normally do. I know I have. And, um, and you might be thinking you need to get into a normal routine or you're craving some structure. And so I wanted to talk to you guys um, about the program Lean. And so if you guys did miss my series on how I lost 50 pounds in 10 months last year, I talk about how I started that journey with the program Lean with Amanda Nybert. So if you guys want to check out that series, I will put the show in the show note, the show link, sorry, in the show notes so you can hear more um, about the program. Amanda Niber, I have her on the show. She talks about, um, she goes into details on what it's about. But in a nutshell, it's a seven week online program. She breaks you into groups um, within her app and she shows you how to make creative meals and it fits into your macros. She explains what macros are and why it's important. And she talks about intermittent fasting, how that can help you lose weight. And she provides workouts for you guys that you can do at home. So if you guys are not ready to jump back into the gym, this might be a perfect solution for you. So her next sessions, I looked it up for you, are June 1st, June 15th, and June 29th. Now, if you're listening to this episode way past those dates, she usually has two um, two episodes, two sessions each month. And you can buy the session. You don't have to buy the session that's um, the closest to the time that you're purchasing. So for example, if I wanted to buy 
today, um, June 1st would be the closest one. I can actually purchase the June 29th or whatever is the latest date. So if you know you're going to be going on vacation, you're like, you know, I don't really want to start right now. Um, you can purchase the June 29th session and start after your vacation. So I hope that makes sense. And I have a special referral code. It's um, to get $10 off and the code is mom. And I will put all of that information, the links into the show notes. Um, And so if you do subscribe to the Mom Inspired Show, uh, it will be in your inbox every week. You won't have to ever go searching for my favorite things segments ever again. So it all is at your fingertips. Um, So make sure to go to mominspiredshow.com, enter your name and email, and that way you'll be all set. So when you think back, you're like, oh, I remember Amber talking about this. All you have to do is go searching my favorite things, our uh, mom inspired show. And then in my favorite things segment within the body of the email, you will find it. Um, If you do want to just go to my website, a lot of times I have things at mominspiredshow.com forward slash favorites or mominspiredshow.com forward slash beauty, depending on what the product or system or whatever I might be talking about. You can find it there. All right. Well, I hope that you um, enjoy this episode. It is the last episode of the series. And um, I just hope that it made you feel connected during a time that a lot of people felt isolated. Let's go to the show. And thank you so much for coming back on the show today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here already for a second time. I know. It just seems like you were here, but I actually noticed on uh, the recording that it was nine months ago. I'm like, whoa. I'm like, nine months, that's really flown by. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we could have had a baby. <laughs> so, I, I didn't, but I could. I guess yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I could yeah, have. But yeah, I could. yeah, we could have had a baby. <laughs> um, so I, I usually like to ask a travel question for my icebreaker, but I'm changing it up for this series. And I'm loving to ask the question, um, what do you want to do as your first thing when the quarantine is lifted? Oh my gosh. I was just, I'm just can't wait to start hugging everybody. <laughs> I love it. That's just, I know that's a lame thing. I mean, I just, yeah, I'm an extremely extroverted person and, Um, I don't think I'm like overly touchy feely, but I really miss just being able to truly connect with people on like multiple levels and things like that. I know. And I feel like it's going to be weird when we can go back to it because I feel like we're going to be a little bit gun shy. Like we're going to all kind of, because we've been taught right now to be like, no, 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 you know? And so, you, you know, when you step into a store, uh, people back up a little bit, right? Like they're kind of like trying to give you that six feet of space. And they're announcing that over the grocery store. Like, just reminder, stand six feet away from someone. And so your brain is getting that wired in. And then we're going to come out of and be like, oh, wait, we we don't need to be that far away from you. But do we really? Are we still going to get sick? So (laughs) it's going to be interesting. I listening to somebody recently talking about like, it's kind of like all the people who grew up in the great depression, like even though they don't need to like store like soaps anymore, they still do. I think we're probably going to be very conscientious Mm -hmm. about like personal space Mm -hmm. and hygiene in ways that aren't really necessary anymore, but you just can't, I mean, even just watching shows on Netflix when people are like hugging or hanging out (laughs) in like a big group, having a big party, I'm like, don't you guys know what you're doing? Like, this is really dangerous. (laughs) Like gives me anxiety. (laughs) You're not the only one who has said that. I've heard people say that. And it is funny that you're thinking about that with a TV show. And that's what I mean. It's like, we have already have learned this new way. And 
very true with like the depression and you kind of like make jokes of that like oh did you grow up with grandparents in the depression yeah and then they pass it down and then like that's why you're like you know your parents are hoarders or something because they learned it and I'm like oh no like what is gonna happen like be like why do your parents have so much toilet paper oh well they live during COVID (laughs) (laughs) that's a great one yeah I mean I think honestly when you look at it over like the arc of history and stuff like that, I think this is going to be a really amazing pivot point. That's just going to be the start of some new way of life and in good ways for the most part. But I'm just kind of curious to see how it is. I can't even begin to imagine what, what new things are going to come out of it, but I'm, I just really excited to find out. Yeah, I agree. I do think there's going to be a lot of good things. The common theme that I've notice with a lot of moms, especially working moms that are used to working outside of the house is um, just that slowdown and they're not having to rush out the door every morning and getting all the kids ready, you know, that they can kind of slow down the pace a little bit and, and not fill it up with every activity and not have any white space. So that's one thing that I've noticed as a common theme um, with this time frame. So I do think a lot of things will be good that come out of it. Um, of course, the sickness is not good and um, people who don't have jobs and, you know, and are struggling, that obviously is bad. Um, but there are going to be some benefits that I think people are going to really question what they want to do with their lives and like, how do they want their lives to look and so on. And so um, when I actually air this episode, it's going to be the end of May. And um, I just wanted to give you a quick background for my experience. So with COVID, my girl's first day of no school was March 6th. And so they just called here for Tennessee that we are not going back for the rest of the semester. We were kind of hoping that they would be able to go back for a little bit, at least to kind of just have some closure and, you know, say goodbye. And my youngest is in kindergarten, so it's kind of sad. Um, so to say that there's been different ranges of emotions from time from the time that this started to now is a huge understatement. Like, I mean, it just has swung, like, the different emotions of what's going on. Um, but now that we're going into the summer um, without finishing any school and not having any breaks till we go back, I'm just curious. Well, I should ask you, are you guys going back to school? And I can't remember if you have school age kids. You do have school age kids, don't you? Oh my gosh. I have so many school age kids. Yeah. I have four children and yes. my youngest is six years old and my oldest is 15. Yes. So yes, that sounds familiar. And now they are not going back to school this year. <laughs> okay. So they're done. So, yeah. They're done yeah. for the semester. I mean, they're not done. No, they're they're not done. (laughs) Working from home every day, but yes. Yeah. So (laughs) I'm curious, what are you feeling right now with all of this? I mean, to be honest, uh, I'm actually really enjoying it. And and don't get me wrong. There's definitely been like new challenges, uh, especially around like time management and creating a new routine and, you know, just settling into a new normal. And I've definitely had days where I was just yesterday and the day before I was just in a really crappy mood and I knew exactly why and I wasn't doing anything about it. It was like I was ignoring all of my own coaching tools (laughs) for myself. And, you know, so I've definitely had moments where I'm just like sick of the kids or I was telling my husband, it feels like I have a chipmunk on my shoulders chirping in my ear 24 seven. I can't think even because that's like no reprieve from the kids. But, um, in general, like I think it's actually been, it's kind of forced us to close ranks around our family uh, in very literal ways, which I think was actually really good for us. I, I just, I, we are all, all six of us are extreme extroverts. And if we're not forced to just be in like 
a more intentional and smaller space with each other. We just all go and scatter to the winds and we all have tons of friends and tons of things going on and we all love it, but we really kind of get drift away from each other. So it's actually been really great. And I really enjoy the homeschooling thing. And honestly, most of my kids are quite self-sufficient with that because I've never really been a part of their schooling beyond just setting expectations. So, um, Besides my kindergartner, I'm not, I don't really have to do a whole yeah. lot, but I'm yeah. loving the stuff I do have to do. So that is interesting. I'm, like, I'm not sure good. if there's mom swearing at you right now or going like, yes, I secretly feel the same way. <laughs> well, here's the thing. And I, I think, I don't know, but I think that a lot of parents of teenagers might resonate with what I'm saying because we really are so separate from our teens, um, in, uh, you know, and when things are quote unquote normal, I mean, teenagers don't want to hang out with their parents. Teenagers would rather live under a rock than even spend one minute with their families usually. And, um, and they usually have very full social lives and they usually have a lot of schoolwork and things like that. And so, I mean, gosh, my 13 year old and my 15 year old, I, even though uh, compared to everybody else in the family, I've only seen them for maybe like 30 minutes to an hour and a half every day. That's still more than it was before. <laughs> so I, I think maybe, maybe at least the teen moms will know yeah. what I'm talking. <laughs> yeah. I did an interview um, with a mom that has teen kids and then a college age kid. And similar to what you're saying, um, she is really enjoying that everyone's under one roof and that they're getting to spend all that time together and there's not all the extracurricular activities. So I do feel like that's where the moms with older kids are truly resonating with this where, and that, and I have said this on the other episodes during the series is that it's going to be different the season of life you're in, you know, people with really small kids is going to be a lot different than people who have teenagers, you know, those people with small kids are just like, okay, how much entertaining can I do of a toddler and a baby? And I can't go anywhere and grandparents can't come and help and all that kind of stuff. And so I do think that makes such a big difference. Um, So that makes sense. Like I kind of think about um, how that is a nice little time to have with your teenagers. Cause like you said, it's not you being the bad guy and forcing them to be home with you. It's just what it is. It's a circumstance. And so you get to benefit from it. So I can totally see how that would feel different. Um, like you though, I feel like I have, I have like, I don't think of it as a chipmunk, but that's funny. I think of it as a parrot, a parrot that's just talking to me on a loop. I'm like, please get off my shoulder. <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> That's definitely like the number one thing that my clients are coming to me, asking me to talk to them about is finding time for themselves and getting kids to play independently. Just that whole feeling of like, I just need a break for goodness sakes. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So I'm going to have you share um, a little bit more about who you are. Um, But for those of you guys that missed episode 149 with Anne, um, I would highly recommend going back to that episode and take a listen after this. But Anne, how about you share with us your full name? where you live, and you shared with us that you have four kids, um, and just go through their ages one more time at the end. Sure. So I'm Ann Kaplan, and um, I live in Denver right now. I was living in Spain. That was actually a funny reason why we had a hard time getting our Skypes to work. It's <laughs> my old my old Spanish phone number still associated with my Skype, and I'm like, nope, don't have that phone anymore for your, you know, two-step <laughs> whatever, Skype. So... Anyway, but I'm in Denver now, and like I said, I have four kids, and their ages are 6, 
11. They all just had birthdays. So I'm like literally thinking 6, 11, 13, and 15. Yeah. And what do you do for a living? How about you share with us? I know you mentioned your clients, but I want everyone to kind of know what you do. So I'm a parent coach and a birth worker. Um, I know uh, today we're going to be focusing on the parenting stuff, but I yeah. like to joke that I I'm, I'm have something for you from every second since you pee on that stick until you're an empty nester. <laughs> help you. And, um, but my work with parents centers around behavior, mindset, kind of energy in the home, um, and also just kind of executive functioning, like managing your home and getting things running smoothly and things like that. Yeah, that, and that's why I wanted you to come back on the show. Um, you know, moms really enjoyed your last episode. And so I thought, you know, you could really help us out during this time frame. And honestly, I'm hoping that by the time this airs, we will be getting close to, if not already back to somewhat of a normal life. Um, but you know, I don't even know what normal will look like anymore. Like it it probably won't look like normal, what we're used to calling normal, but you know, a little bit more freedom than what we're experiencing now. But like I said, the kids are still going to be out of school. And so the parents are going to have to figure out if they both work, um, what are they going to do? So even though if that goes back to normal, the kids are not normal because of the school. So, you know, you still are having to try to figure out the home management and doing all that stuff, especially if you have two working parents at home. And like, how are you watching the kids? How are you doing this? How are you doing your job? And now we're going to go through summer, you know, so it's just like this continuum. So for me, it will be five full months. And for people who go back to school after Labor Day, it's going to be six months for them. I mean, that's half a year that you're talking of this kind of life when you're not used to it. So I thought this would be great for you to come on um, and help us just kind of figure out how to get renewed energy and kind of gain our lives back. And then also, you know, finding the good things. And I love that you have a good attitude about it because um, I just think it's good to hear sometimes to be like, okay, can I look at this from a different perspective? And I love that you were so honest, though, that you were like, and I was in a bad mood and I knew how to get myself out of it. And I decided not to because I feel like a lot of us <laughs> struggle with that. I'll find that I'm like, I just want to be grumpy, even though it's like, I know that like I could turn this around, but sometimes you're just like, I'm annoyed. I don't care. So I appreciate you being um, open about that. So um, I wanted to hear a little bit more um, with your experience with COVID. So I know that you're enjoying it and stuff like that. Um, but what are you? What are you doing that is that you're finding is really working for um, you know your sanity and kind of keeping the family. Um, I don't know, like call, uh, like all working together. And is your husband working at home or is he still going out somewhere okay. to work? Yeah, we both work from home. So okay. I think the first tip I would give you is, to, or you or your listeners, I should say, is, you know, I think right now, like this, that just the way you were talking just a second ago, I think that's the way that so many of us are thinking about this of like, it's not back to normal. And maybe it'll be partly back to normal, but maybe normal will be different. But this isn't normal. I really encourage you to just like recognize that whatever was before that ain't happening again. And for right now, like what helps me is to think about right now as normal, like this is normal now, like Mm. this is what is. It's probably not changing for a long time. And what I mean by that is when you constantly think about like, well, this is abnormal. What's going on right now is different. What you're really doing is just white knuckling it through this really long period of time. Wait, just waiting for things to get normal again instead of recognizing like, nope, this is normal. I'm going to stop thinking that this is weird because that's going to help me stop freaking out about it. And when I think about this as normal, it makes me actually settle in 
into it and figure out how to make it work instead of just kind of forcing a round peg into a square hole or just trying to like survive this moment without ever actually putting any real problem solving into place. If you allow yourself to just think like, well, this is the way life is now. This is normal. We'll see a huge shift right then and there. Yeah. I like that you say that because I do think that we need to start thinking about that. And I do feel like people have had to go through the stages of grief, you know, like people at first were kind of in denial and then they're in anger. And then I might be going out of order here, but um, it just, I'm just like, I don't even know. Okay. My whole, my mind is just, it's disappeared. And so, because I'm just home with my small children all the time now. (laughs) Um, And so I feel like people have gone through those stages of mourning and whatnot. And so I think that if you can kind of accept that this is the new normal, um, it's going to be a lot easier for you than instead of just like really resisting it and holding on to the past. And I think what's really hard for most of us is just the uncertainty. Like you really don't know what's going to be what, right? So it's like really hard to kind of wrap your brain around, well, what are we even doing? And when can we go on a vacation again? And I mean, you like to travel and it's like, what? when can we go somewhere? Like, are we going to want to get on an airplane? Like, I don't even know. Like, so I think all of those things, I think all of that being up in the air makes it challenging. And so I wanted to ask you, though, um, I feel like a lot of people are dealing with disappointment on some levels. So if it be small or large, um, what are some disappointments that you've experienced if it be yourself or if it be um, with your kids? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I definitely, like I said, I disappointed about travel for sure. We were planning a trip back to see all of our friends in Spain this summer, and I just got a notification the other day that our flights were canceled. Um, we were supposed to go somewhere for spring break and that got canceled. So, you know, that kind of obviously is a huge disappointment for sure. Um, and you know, just like I said, I'm just such a social person person. So it, it feels like, um, uh, there's a, I feel a lack there mm-hmm. of just being able to be with my friends in the way that I want to, and just being natural and, and, you know, you know, that, that, that luxury that we don't really appreciate of just being able to kind of turn off your brain and be with a person having to think about how you're being with them and things like that. You know, those are big disappointments for me. It's interesting listening to you talking about all these different things, because if you like, if anyone who's already on my email list, like perhaps they signed up after my last, um, yeah, last time on here, I have been sending emails out every week that are really following exactly what you're talking about. Like we, this, these like stages of grief or whatever, like this is a cycle that we go through always in life. I mean, the, the way the universe works, the way that mm-hmm. life flows is from order into chaos, into order, into chaos. We as mothers, especially can think back to many moments in our lives where things seem normal to us. And now like, imagine if you have a toddler or a school age child, now, try to remember what it was like when that kid was a newborn and the crazy way that your life was at that time, where you never slept for more than two and a half hours at a, at a clip and you wore your pajamas for six weeks straight and you couldn't manage to even do things that seem so simple to you now, like make dinner or get your house a little bit clean or whatever, like that became normal. And then you grew out of it. And now going back, you were like, you know, plopped back into that old life for you would be completely jarring and a huge shock to your system to go back there. But that was something that felt totally normal to you at the time. I think so much. And one of my emails recently was about this. Um, 
so much of this feels like, oh my gosh, this is so different and new coronavirus. Like we've never been in a situation like this before. And all of my problems are new and all of these crazy emotions I have are new. And one of the huge things that I've been working with a lot of my clients through all along has been, this isn't new. Like whatever your issue was before, it's your same issue now. Like if you have issues with time management now, it's probably that was a challenge for you before. If you have issues with um, standing up for your boundaries and enforcing your boundaries with your kids now, you probably were struggling with that before. Like all of the things that are triggered for us in this moment are the things that mattered to us before and the things that were challenging to us before and all of that stuff. It's just that when something new happens, all of those little things, all of our little weirdsies get stirred up again and it feels new and it feels like this huge new thing that we have to adjust to. But once again, the more that you can recognize, like the more things change, the more they stay the same. And this too shall pass, like this crazy chaotic time by nature, by the way that, that life was designed will eventually settle into a pattern. And then you probably notice that it already has to a large degree compared to like I don't know. This is my fifth week now, I think, in in quarantine. And, you know, these things that seemed really crazy and new and these big problems I was grappling with, they're just they still maybe aren't my ideal and I don't love them or I figured out how to love them or whatever. But they're not these like crazy um, threatening attacks like they felt like they were in the beginning. Yeah, I agree. And I do like that you talk about, and you're not the first person that I've heard say this recently, um, with the problems that you're dealing with, um, they most likely are not problems that just popped up uh, during COVID and um, that they were already there. They might be exasperated, but they were already there. And so um, I think this is the time to really kind of evaluate what are the problems that you're coming up against and, you know take this time to work on those. And and like I said, I'll be airing this closer to summer, but use that time in the summer because I feel like we spend so much time running away from things and escaping from them. And um, instead, I think we need to be like, okay, well, what problems do we keep running up against and how can I figure out new ways around them? Um, so with that said, though, I wanted to ask you, I know that you are enjoying um, your quarantine life, but um, when you when we can go back to whatever the new normal life is, um, what are some changes, though, that you would like to see implemented in your life? And it can be about you or it can be about your family as a whole. I mean, I think some of the changes that I'm going to experience are probably things, changes that are coming out right now. Like, I think that you're, you hit the nail on the head, you know, before we, it was so much easier to avoid some of these things. And that's the kind of the redemptive beauty of this moment is like, you're, there's no more running away from this stuff. Like, you know, we don't get the reprieve of dropping our kids off at school. Like if there's a problem going on with your child, you're going to deal with it because you don't have any other choice. And you're going to solve this problem that was easy to kind of either turn a blind eye to, or just sort of half solve or whatever. And so, you know, those are things that I hope will just last after, um, after coronavirus for sure. And I, I hope that's the case for, for, uh, definitely for all my clients, but for moms everywhere that we realize like, like, like motherhood in general is not something to be white knuckled. Right. There is a possibility for all of us. It's available to all of us to be living a life, um, that actually feels nourishing and satisfying and joyful and is good for our kids and, all of those things are available to us. And, you know, so I, I hope that kind of quote unquote being forced to figure out how to do that in this moment will be this lasting 
kind of conviction that we have as mothers going forward when things aren't right or things aren't working out or we're not satisfied in our lives after this moment has passed that we know and believe that there's something we can do about it. And we're not just like helpless victims just waiting for a reprieve. Yeah. And you know, when you were talking about that, you know, what stood out to me really is social media. So as great as social media is, I do think that prior to this, people thought that was really connecting and, you know, really kind of being in each other's lives by scrolling or liking and all that kind of stuff. And now it's really great to have because it is connecting us because there is no other choice. But when this all gets lifted, I really hope people recognize that social media is great, but that's not truly how we connect. And that because we got so much time of having social media and then and not that much time of being with other people, uh, I really hope that kind of opens people's eyes to be like, I really need to actually just go spend time with people like in real life, like not just liking their stuff and spending time with them and enjoying one another and doing life together. Um, I do hope that that comes out of this because I think before we kind of took it for granted or we kind of just were like, yeah, you know, I'm connecting and, and, and people couldn't see, um, I don't know how, how that can be a slippery slope, you know? And so, um, I think people will probably be a little tired of social media by the time this is done. And people will want to be like, I want to go to dinner with you, or I want to go grab coffee. I want to see you in person. Like you were saying, and you want to hug people. You just want to be sitting next to them closer than six feet. So, um, I kind of hope that's what comes out of this, um, at the end. And, um, now that we're getting closer to the end of the episode, I wanted to ask you a little bit more about time management and any tips that you have for us, um, especially ones that you're noticing moms are reaching out to you and kind of picking your brain about in regards to how do they deal with the chaos? How do they keep the household going and not feel so overwhelmed or stressed out or ticked off? You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like it's so easy, especially we go into the summer, just to be ticked off that the kids aren't doing what they need to do, or you're constantly walking behind the kids and picking up, or you're picking up after your husband and you don't want to be that nitpicker or nagger and you don't want to just be constantly annoyed. So, what is your thoughts on kind of managing the chaos? managing the house and just kind of being as happy as you can be during this time that might not be, you know, as enjoyable as you would like it to be. So the two biggest questions that I'm getting always um, on this stuff is how to figure out how to get work done and how to find time for yourself, like getting the kids to either play independently or whatever. And the first tip I want to give you is if you are a co-parent, either living in the same house as your co-parent, or even if you're separated, but you, you know, share the kids, really figure out how to tag team work and not just work, but also time for yourself. Like my husband and I decided at the very first day of quarantine that we would just move commitment to never be working at the same time. So I have carved out the time that I need in the week. And Mike has committed to not being um, not being on the clock during that time. So our kids always have a parent that's parenting them. Um, and that has made a huge difference. I mean, we I don't think that either of us I mean, I can't speak for Mike, I suppose, but I don't think that either of us are feeling the level of stress about work that so many of the people that I talk to are. And I know that not everybody has that luxury. But my biggest thing about about time management always whether we're talking about coronavirus and quarantine or any other time is the that multitasking is the devil 
And when you are trying to work with a kid at your feet or answer emails while you're making dinner or talk on the phone while you're like keeping a child at arm's length so they can't be heard on the by the receiver or whatever, all that stuff is a huge source of overwhelm and anxiety. And it is so easy to think that we can't um, that we, there's no other way that we have to multitask because there's just so much to do, or there's no one to watch our kids or whatever. And I just, I want to call BS on that to you guys. Like whether you are a single parent with no co-parent, even you can carve out at least, I would say, I'd say about four hours a day where you're not parenting. It's really important to carve that time out. And the way we, ways we do that, even if you're a single parent, you can do this one, get up, 30 minutes or, or an hour before your kids do. Two, teach your kids to independently play. That does not mean entertain your kids. It means set up the expectation and enforce the expectation that for a certain time of the day, your child will be playing by themselves. Um, three, quiet time or nap time. And four, after your kids go to bed. Those are four hours right there. And that was not even very creative on my part. Yeah, I love so, it. The bigger issue with time management, and I really need to call myself out on this too, it's the same reason why I was in a grouchy mood yesterday, is because we don't prioritize the time for ourselves. If you had a work call, you wouldn't flake out on it. If you had an appointment with somebody else, you wouldn't flake out on it. it. You don't flake out on making dinner. I mean, sometimes we maybe like, you know, are lazy about it or something, but you don't just not feed your kids. Like there's things that we've decided are important and they actually happen come hell or high water. But time for ourselves is always the last on that list. And unless you commit to it actually being necessary, and by that I mean that you actually deserve it and are worth it, you're not going to do it. And most of my clients who are struggling with this right now were struggling with it before coronavirus, where I would have conversations with them in our client sessions of, you know, well, have you had any time by yourself to do your journaling work? Oh, well, no, I was really busy or I haven't managed to figure out how to do that yet. Or, oh, well, you told me you wanted to exercise. Have you made time for that? Well, no, I'm, I just haven't managed to get up early enough for it or whatever. I think it's so important for us to look this in the eye and say, like, this is not a time management problem. This is a self-worth problem. And once you can actually commit to doing that, commit to not multitasking, commit to only working when you're not momming, commit to creating that time for yourself, you will do it. But until you actually believe that that's a possibility and that you deserve it and that you can do it, you're not going to make that commitment. Yeah, I think that's really great. And I think the moms really need to hear that and to be okay with telling the kids, you know, this is quiet time or mm -hmm. to get up early. I, for myself, I have to get up before the kids get up because I don't do well with getting up and then they're bombarding me with questions. And then I can't even think about my own thoughts before I've even set a foot downstairs. So um, I do think those are all good points. Um, before we end, is there anything else that you wanted to add um, that might stand out to you that could help other moms? Yeah, I think the, the second piece of this, because I can almost hear through the cosmic airwaves, <laughs> the, the resistance and the yeah buts to everything that I just said. And um, the reason why is setting boundaries and having a routine and, and having this, a plan is only as good as your enforcement of that plan. And so the second piece of this puzzle is really getting some very good parenting skills under your belt. 
your kids aren't going to be like, oh, it's quiet time. You know, good for you, mom. I'm going to just stay in my room. Like they're definitely going to break that rule. And they're definitely going to break the rule when you say it's independent time, you know, and they're definitely going to try to come back out of their room when it's bedtime. You know, that's just the, any kid worth keeping is going to challenge you. They're supposed to do that. And I think with, um, with this specific area, we're kind of like, well, I can't make them do it. Whereas if this was something about like, well, no, I'm not going to brush my teeth. Like you don't take take no for an answer. As a mom, you figure out a way to parent and discipline your kids because brushing your teeth is non-negotiable. If time for yourself and sticking to the routine is non-negotiable, that means that you need to have parenting strategies in place to enforce those boundaries and give consequences and deliver them with love and calm and empathy and all of those things. And, you know, it's kind of like a chicken and egg thing, like your ability to deliver those consequences in a way that's going to work, meaning calmly and with love and empathy is really directly proportional to how much time by yourself you're getting. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. You know, it's sticking to these, this routine is only going to make your parenting so much easier in so many ways, but it requires your commitment to, you know, for the first couple of days of this new routine, you're probably going to be spending a lot of time putting kids in their bedrooms, giving them consequences saying, oh, that's a bummer. It looks like we're not going to have screen time because you didn't do blah, blah, blah. You know, you're going to be, that's your project at first is let's get everyone on track. And that's, that's the thing I'm devoting my energy to for these three or four days, because it's a huge investment for the next six months being, or honestly, your lifetime with your child being doable. Yeah, I love that. Well, and we're at the end of the show. And speaking of doing things for yourself, I'm curious, what are you doing on a daily basis for yourself to kind of set up your day? Um, well, I love chai and I really miss not being able to go out for coffee. So I've started including bhakti chai in my, um, grocery list every time that I go to the grocery store. I'm really enjoying that. What is and that? I, Can you say what, what bhakti, what is it? <laughs> bhakti, it's just a brand. It's, oh, okay. I think it's B-H-A-T-K-I. No, K-T-I, bhakti. Okay. Um, but anyway, I really, that's like a little me moment that I just carry around with me in a mug all day. And then, um, (laughs) and then also something I do anyway is journaling. So I have, I work with a coach. I put my money where my mouth is. If I believe in my work, I also believe that I need my work. (laughs) So my coach gives me journal prompts and things to do, um, in our sessions. And I try my very hardest to do that for at least 10 minutes every day. I love it. Well, Anne, thank you so much for coming back on the show today. It was really great to talk to you and just get a different perspective during this time frame. Yes, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Hey, you guys, have you subscribed to the Mom Inspired Show email list yet? If you want to have discounts sent to your email and links to the books we discuss on the show, as well as all the guests' information, then you will want to subscribe. That way, every episode will show up in your inbox every Tuesday, and you won't have to go searching for the newest episode. It will be right at your fingertips. So just go to mominspiredshow.com and scroll down and enter your name and email, and you will be all set. See you next week.